Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for stopping by Masks Off. Uncovering the latest topics that you need to know about. From business, human trafficking, teen-related issues, mental health and wellness, and everything in between. Stay tuned for your host, Tuskia Thomas, keeping it real, honest, and relatable. Welcome to Masks Off, where we discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tonight, tonight, we are going to have a discussion on a topic that very few people are willing to discuss. We don't hear it discussed as much as we need to hear it discussed in in the media. We don't hear it discussed like we should hear it in the halls of those or the offices of those that can make the changes that are necessary. So it's up to us to bring the information to us, if this is how we're gonna talk about it. So tonight we're gonna discuss something that you may seem, may feel uncomfortable hearing about, something that you might not even wanna bring up with your friends, your family, your coworkers, your granddaughters, your nieces, whomever, but you should. Our sons, our, sons, our males. Our sons, I forgot, because we talked about that on yesterday, Danielle, our sons, our nephews, our grandsons, Whomever, this is a problem that is in every neighborhood. Your neighborhood is not exempt. If you live in a big fine mansion or if you live in a hood, let's, um, as I've talked about this with Danielle, I want to dispel the idea that human trafficking, sex trafficking is a hood problem. It is not a hood problem. It is a neighborhood problem. It is in every neighborhood. It happens in every neighborhood. Women and boys and girls are snatched out of bus stations, air, airlines, stores, where malls, wherever you want to come. If you think about it, you come up with it, They, um, it happens. So that's why I wanted to talk to two women that I know. I just met Danielle and our conversation on yesterday was an eye opener. I already know Tiskita and I know how she feels about this. So. <laughs> I'm, what I want to do tonight, ladies, I want us to hold a discussion, open and honest about what human trafficking is and ways that we can protect ourselves and ways that we can help both of you to fight this fight. Why aren't we, I'm going to pose this question, why aren't we doing more? Why it is not like this problem is going away and to scare, I want to share with you and I want to share with everybody else. If you don't think this problem is real, check out on Hulu if you have it. There is a National Grid Geographic series called Trafficking. And there is one episode where the, the reporter gets to move around in the world of prostitution with pimps. And you need to hear that conversation. And you need to hear how they describe, how they choose young women, how they pick them up, what they look for, how they can tell, and how easy it is 
that these young women to find themselves in situations that they never thought they would find themselves in. It was I. It was an eye opener, not only because it was an eye opener to skip, but it was an eye opener because everything that Danielle described to me, they described, and I'm just sitting there looking at the TV like, skirt. Let me rewind because I think I just heard this yesterday. But this is a conversation that we need to have, and we're going to continue to have so that we can continue to be made aware of what's going on around us, what's going on around us. Um, I went back, Danielle, and I took a look at, man, it's scary. So just scroll, go, go on your phone and look up missing, missing women, missing girls, missing boys. Baby, you'll be on that phone for a while. You'll just be swiping, 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 swiping. And back in the day, we used to have, uh, I don't, uh, well, y'all, I'm about to tell my age, they used to have them on the milk carton. If yeah. you bought a milk, you used to have on the milk carton, this child was missing, even on a school milk carton. Uh, that, that's, that's old school, y'all. I know y'all don't know nothing about that because y'all from Starbucks, but back in the day, <laughs> Starbucks, we didn't stop at the store. We got the milk and it had the, people, the little kid's name on it. Well, now y'all, it's an epidemic. And so many are missing that they don't even talk about it anymore. Mm. It's not news anymore. Perhaps we've become a society that is numb to the fact that women and children are disappearing each and every day, never to be found again. So uh, uh, I'm gonna let these ladies introduce yourselves, ladies, and then we, I, I'll post the question and you all each one take one, because okay. I want to, I want to, and, and please give us some ways uh, to protect ourselves and help us to, to understand who's vulnerable, why they're, I, is there, let me open up with that. Can you really say there's a particular uh, group that's vulnerable? No. Um, you well, can, they're higher risk. I won't say a particular group, but there are groups that are higher okay. risk. Okay. Which is those who are in poverty. Um, you have your foster kids, you have those in the juvenile system, um, those who have parents or family members dealing with drugs and alcohol. Um, so those kids will be higher risk. But then again, that's just higher risk. Anybody and everybody is at risk. Uh and to scare, let me, I'm going to flip it to Danielle because Danielle is in Dallas and I want her to give the, the statistic that she gave me on yesterday that literally blew my mind about the numbers that come up missing in Dallas. Yes, ma'am. Um, with the, I'm sorry, with the numbers here um, in Dallas, in Texas, um, is a very large number. When you mentioned about the risk um, of course, there is no discrimination of handicap, um, color, hair, height, size, doesn't matter. You are, again, you are merchandise. That's all they see. They have certain people that have a certain style of woman or girl or boy or man, um, but they just, they, they'll take you in either way. They just see you as worth a whole lot of money and being able to be utilized and what they need, what they like. Um, Dallas is the number one uh, city, excuse me, for homelessness with the youth. 
So those, those vulnerabilities that you mentioned a minute ago, those are open opportunities for anybody to be vulnerable because you're homeless. You don't have anything. You don't have anywhere to, to eat, nowhere to sleep. Um, you may have children who need have needs for diapers and baby food and formula possibly. Um, so those are very vulnerable um, statistics for youth here in Dallas. Um, every night I was told that every night at least 300 to 400 people come up missing for trafficking every night. So while we're at home with our families, getting all cuddled up and warm and situated with our children and our spouses, there's somebody being snatched on the clock. It used to be in Dallas that every three minutes someone was being snatched for traffic, but now we're talking about sex. So again, the vulnerabilities, I mean, it's so open and so wide from the, the hood areas, you know, in Dallas to the uppity scale environments that they're vulnerable as well. Again, they see you as a merchandise, not a person. Now, to skill works with, especially she's her, her uh, nonprofit is Finding Destiny and she has a passion for young girls. Um, that's, I, and, and I, my heart goes out to, to both of you because I know that this, this takes a lot of courage, but um, I can't imagine the conversation to skill that you have to have with these young girls um, coming in and out of the system and not having stability right. and knowing that they are vulnerable to this. Like you said, we all, we all, we, it can happen to anyone. It can happen to my granddaughter, whatever. But when you think about the vulnerability of a certain group of individuals, that's gotta be different, but you come from a whole nother area where you are really actually working with, and I know Danielle, you do too with young women. Um, do let me ask you this. Do they sense it? Do they do they sense? Okay. So let's 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 start from the beginning. So she mentioned mentioned snatching. Um, but I want to point out there's a lot of kids that are not snatched. They're groomed. Mm -hmm. And they're groomed by family members, they're groomed by friends, they're groomed by teachers, they're groomed by pastors, they're groomed by coaches. They're groomed by their own parents. Um, so oh, whoa, 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 huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that serious that parents are pimping out their own kids. Mm -hmm. um, so when you have this conversation with these kids, you have to help them identify that because a lot of people think human trafficking, they automatically assume someone's going to take me off the street. Mm -hmm. No one's thinking that my best friend is grooming me for her pimp or my mom is grooming me for her next high or my dad is grooming me for his friends or my pastor is grooming me for his personal benefits. Um, so when we, when we talk to these girls, you have to be honest and you have to be open because the stranger or the, or the predator or the monster is usually someone in, you know, in your backyard. So you have to let them know, you know, um, if they start offering you things for no reason, you need to, you need to ask them, um, because kids are more open to talk to their friends. If they're having an issue with mom or dad, they're, they're willing to, you know, talk. So, oh, your mom won't buy you that purse? 
oh, I know somebody will buy you with that purse. They'll buy you whatever you want. You didn't connect it with this person or they find something to connect with you. Oh, girl, I have issues with my mom and dad, too. Let me tell you something to connect with this person, something to offer this, something to catch their attention and open up that trust. Because that's where it starts. It doesn't just one day a child come and they just disappear. A lot of times this person has been in your life for a while, grooming you, pre preparing you in their mind to do what they had planned on doing anyway. And they make it seem like this child ran away. Mm. And so when we talk to our kids, we, is, there's no right or wrong question because I can't just say this is what you need to ask your child because each person is different. But you need to ask your children the hard question. You need to ask your kids the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. You need to, um, and I'm not just gonna say your kids, everybody's kids, because it could be their parent who's pimping them out. You know, it could be grandpa that's pimping them out. So you need to have that, that line of communication where that a child is comfortable enough with you to tell you something that they're, one, a lot of, and, and a lot of people don't understand, let me start there. A lot of people, a lot of these people who are human traffic don't identify them as victims. They don't identify themselves as victims. So they don't understand that they're being trafficked. So, and that's what makes it very difficult to identify because to them, that's just the way of life or this is just how it is. So when you talk and say this person, you, you also want to open up that line of communication and build trust as well. Um, and ask them, you know, well, where did you get those clothes from? Or where are you getting all this money from? Or, you know, what did you eat last night? If you notice that this child is just going from A to Ds or A to Fs, you know, just those small little things that you know is out of the norm mm -hmm. to raise concern for you to start asking questions. And you need to be patient because they might not just tell you day one. It might take you six months to find out what's really going on but you got to be persistent. Okay. Okay. Y'all just, y'all blowing my mind. I'm I, sorry. You know I, no, no. I said I was coming with an open mind. I said I was going to have this shocked look on my, look on my face. But when you said that, it, 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 that way was a different way. Danielle yesterday told me about a five, seven-year-old, right? right? That was five when it started with her right her mother and her she and her mother were kidnapped and she was five and when Danielle met her she was seven and mm -hmm. nothing but the grace of God had this baby open up to Danielle right about what had happened so yeah but when you say it that way when you say you know this is look can we just be real honest this is why people stop listening because it's uncomfortable. It is. It, 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 it should be uncomfortable for you to know. Lady, I know y'all do this every day. Y'all are feet on the ground, boots in the, on the ground. For those of us that are trying to even grasp the concept of this, when, when Danielle says yesterday, I met a seven-year-old and then to hear you just put it out there, whoa, 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 they're not all being snatched. Some of them are being, did y'all hear that word, groomed by the mamas, the grandmamas, the daddies? It does something to us that makes us go, 
Oh, that's too much. That that. No. Well, Pat, that's I have a, there was a situation that happened for me um, with Silent Crimes, our nonprofit organization. There was a uh, a young lady married with children. Um, her husband, when he would go to work um, in the morning, he would lock her inside the house. His mother lived there with them. And what he would do is he would uh, have his friends come over and he would sell his wife out in the house. And she was not able to leave the house. She was not able to go out by herself, his wife. And so when she had the courage to leave, we were able to accommodate that for her to leave. And she got halfway from Louisiana to Dallas. She has family here in Dallas. And she drove halfway, pulled over. She wanted to get rest. She was tired. A couple of hours after that, Reverend Pat, she called back saying, I'm going back to him because I'm scared of what he'll do to me. We were like, okay, but it's a reality. Um, so when she mentioned about being, it's not always a snatch situation. There are family members who will sell their own child for crack or even food to eat, money for laundry, like whatever case it may be, but it happens a lot. You have children who play sports, um, play the piano um, in dance classes and the parents drop their children off. And that football coach will come to that child and say, hey, you know what? I got a scholarship for you. And, you know, I, I want to help you to get out this condition that you're in with you and your mom or your grandparents or whomever. And I promise you, I'm going to help you go to college. So in the process of grooming him, start feeding him, buying him things, being real nice to this football player, um, they will eventually start having for, asking for favors. You know, I'm doing for you. I'm helping you get through this. You know, I want you to go and have a, a, a wonderful future, but I need you to do this for me a couple more times. And while that child is doing those activities, that coach or whomever it may be is getting paid for those child services and what's happening to that child behind the doors. Then you have those children who are stuck. There was a young lady who she would go to her grandmother's house. And so every summer she would go over and her grandmother was loving the community children. So by her going to her grandmother's house, there was one particular boy that would come over there frequently. And so while he's coming over, he would play wrestle with her and whatnot. He was about four years older than her. She was 10, he was 14. And so when one day he raped her in her grandmother's house on the top floor of the home. He told her that if you ever tell somebody, I'm gonna do the same thing I did to you, I'm gonna do it to your little sister. So she was scared. She didn't wanna tell because she didn't want him to do what just had been done to her. So he would come over, the grandmother like, hey, can't remember his name, but she liked the little boy. He come in smiling, but he was raping her grandchild. So over time, she was able to go outside and play with her friend. He would snatch her up and take her to his house. And he would have his friends come over and they will pay him to have sex with this little girl. So it's different forms of trafficking. Sex trafficking. We're know, talking about sex trafficking right now. We're, we're solely yeah, talking yeah, about Here we go. Here oh, we yeah. go. Oh, yeah. This is exactly oh, yeah. what I wanted y'all to do. One, one tell them human and the other discuss the sex. So it's all about, it's all, even sex trafficking 
trafficking falls under human trafficking. Uh, uh, it's all human trafficking. Uh-huh. It's all branches of human trafficking. But this particular, what we're talking about right now, is human trafficking. We can move on to labor trafficking and you know the selling of the bodies mm-hmm. later. But right now, I need people to understand we're solely talking about sex trafficking at this particular moment. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> okay, human Sorry. trafficking uh-huh. has. Uh, let, 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 can we do it this way? Okay. This uh-huh. is human trafficking. It's a tree. This tree uh-huh. has branches. Mm-hmm. And you just said labor, mm-hmm. sex. What was the other one you just said, Tiskia? I mentioned um, the selling of the body parts, which is under uh, organ harvesting. Organ harvesting. Look, can't, look, I'm telling y'all, when Danielle talked about this, I was like, that is so far fetched. But then I Googled it and I'm like, this is real. This is, it sounds far-fetched, but, okay, so we're talking about human sex trafficking, which is an umbrella of human trafficking. Yes. And then there are other, or parts. But then human trafficking is also broken down into sections because you have the massage parlors, you have those girls who are on the street, you have those girls who are being sold and groomed by their family members, um, so there's different, I don't want to say different umbrellas, but there's different branches of sex trafficking as well, because it falls, I mean, you can, there's, um, you can even have, um, sex trafficking in, in a nail shop. You go to the back, you think, and they do eyebrows and they back there having sex, you know? So there, there is different, um, branches of sex trafficking as well. Mm-hmm. So not all sex trafficking happens with the groom. It happens inside of a business as well. Yeah, I, I, high-end call, call girls per se that are being picked um, out by politicians. I'm just using that as an example. So there are, and that's where the we it breaks down to um, the human trafficking. I mean, sex trafficking for the the poor in kids are usually groomed. Usually, I'm not going to say all of them are groomed by the coach. You know. Um, the parents that for the crack and all this, but then you don't want to neglect these, these girls need to understand you can be living in Beverly Hills and still yes. get pimped out a big part of sex trafficking because there are higher end people who got really good money that want a good looking thing. Well, let me, uh, y'all, I know y'all don't want to hear this. Let, let, let's take a pause okay. and watch this documentary trafficking <laughs> National Geographic, I'm going to say the same thing I said to Danielle. If you think this conversation is far-fetched, National Geographic is reputable. It's going to be true. It's going to be factual. If you don't want to believe what you're hearing tonight, Hulu, trafficking, go to the go to the episode on pimps. And if you want your mind blown, you'll get it straight from the horse's mouth. And let me tell you, yesterday, while interviewing Danielle, she threw out the billion-dollar industry. She said it out of her mouth, just like you just said it. The man said it on the, they said it on the documentary. This is an X number billion-dollar industry. Y'all, this is why they don't want you talking about it. They don't want you bringing it up. Because if you talk about a billion-dollar industry, you know, it's not just Johnny in the hood. It can't be. 
Because Johnny in the hood don't have a billion dollars. Because if Johnny in the hood had a billion dollars, y'all, Johnny wouldn't be in the hood. Can I just say that? And in that, and in that, uh, Reverend Pat, we think about the prostitution that happens in the black communities, and you see your your cousin or whomever on the, on the corner. We think that that they're out there voluntarily sometimes, and it may be the case. But some of the girls are out there that owe their pimp money, so they have to go out there and do what needs to be done, and they're categorized. And in that, a lot of times in the black communities and in all communities, I would say that these motels are bought out to be utilized for trafficking. You know, so and they have they have a, a high turnover rate, rate, excuse me, and they're able to take a certain amount of block of room and they're able to use those rooms for what their uh, activities are are involving. And with those girls, we don't want to just say that because in the 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 John Doe's, the Playboy mansions. You know, they they upper high class women get paid more money for them. You know, you got Ray Ray and them in the hood, they may get $35 a pop, right? So we don't want to make it seem as if it's a difference and matter. Trafficking is trafficking. Uh, you no. have higher levels of it and you have lower levels of it, but at the end of the day, that girl or that woman wants to go home, period. And, and then you, you know have what? some girls who have been manipulated in the mental that don't want to go home. They don't have anything to go home to. They rely on their pimp or their John Doe to take care of them, to feed them, to maintain them. Um, that does happen. But I, in the core of it, that child wants to go home to their mom. They're tired of being drugged up. They're tired of uh, being mistreated. They're tired of being locked in closets. They want to go home. And so when I talk to them, it's like, you know, they can't even concentrate sometimes. It's so much trauma that has happened in a short period of time with these women and boys and girls that it's amazing that someone can do that, but it happens on a higher scale to multi-billion dollar uh, concerts, uh, sports, sports uh, events to low level, we say, things that happen in our communities on a daily basis. What were you about to say to Skia? What I've learned um, just doing this for the last few years is um, people that are prostitutes mm-hmm. were originally human trafficked and they just never left the lifestyle. So those mm-hmm. people that you're looking at as, as just a simple prostitute, that person was brought in by a pimp who trafficked her. Yes, and she just has been broken or him, because I don't want to say her, um, they have been just broken that they never healed to move on past that lifestyle. So they just continue, continue to do that lifestyle on their own. Yes, ma'am. Look, y'all, uh, let me, hello. Okay. Look, um, whoa. It, I know it's a lot. It, it seems yeah. like it's a lot, but in reality, it's harder when you're dealing with these people who has lived this lifestyle. And a lot of times what bothers me a lot with this world is we walk around and we look at these people like they're less than. In reality, they have put in, put in a position that no one wants to be a part of. Which is that, that, and that, and that I mean, it was out of their control. Me. It was out of their so, control. 
and we look at them like we're yeah. better than them at the, at the end of the, the results. Because what we usually see is the end result of someone being broken, someone being abused, someone being manipulated, someone being starved and beaten and raped over and over. Before they become trafficked, they're raped over and over. That's just the break-in. That's just that him breaking her down, him drugging her, him beating her, him getting beaten. Yeah, whatever. Getting starved. Um, you know, yes. so we look at it at the end result as someone who's, because usually they, they get hooked on drugs or they stay in the prostitution. And we're looking at these people like we're better than them. Or even home, they become homeless. Because a lot of these homeless people that we see mm -hmm. are people that we, that was on your milk carton years ago mm -hmm. that are still out there. They probably not be prostituting anymore, but I'm sure they, they've been prostituted. They've been human trafficked. So a lot of these people that we think are still missing are probably just homeless because they've been trafficked. And then what happens That's to right. them when they washed up? We push them out. They push them out, we push them out. Yeah. But no, and, and that's, that's what for me, and that's that from that for me is the, the reason, one of the main reasons why I take this thing so serious, you all, because I just think about the coins being flipped for me. That could easily be me. Exactly. You know, and so we can't just turn an eye on someone. When a person asks for a dollar, who am I to say no? I don't, if you we think in our mind they're gonna go buy some cocaine. That's not my decision. If that person needs something, we have to not be so cold hearted because if that was you that was hungry, because you've been through all this trauma, you've been beat, mistreated, neglected, abandoned by your family or whomever. And now you get to a point where you ask for assistance and I say no, and, I'm, and you asking hundreds of people on the corner daily, then they give it to the point to where they make it to where you can't panhandle. Yeah. I was the one that was mistreated. You know what I'm saying? I was the one that was put into trafficking. I didn't ask to leave my house. I didn't ask to be raped. Now I need help. I can't get an ID. I can't get my birth certificate. I don't know where my family is. So my whole life has been changed because I was put into a situation that I couldn't get out of. That's the part for me that breaks me that I just, I don't know what else to do but to research and to ask questions. And to have real conversation with these women that have been through this and the young girls who are at school who can't focus. And you know, we can't talk about this in the school no more in Texas. Oh, we're done. Um, they don't have, they have problems fighting at school all the time. You know, that's a reality. We don't get to the core of where it started. What happened? But we, those who have control to be able to eat every day, be able to go to go to bed, be able to take a bath in a tub with some warm water and not be hosed down like a, excuse me, like a dog, that we have to be able to understand. It's a simple thing we take for granted. Even with your child missing, you ignore the signs in front of you. You see the jacket. You see the patches, you see the bracelet, you see the, the, the barcodes on the neck. We see it, but we ignore it. That ain't my child. I, 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 I don't have none of that. Well, and you know, that's 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 why I, I just really got overwhelmed. Forces come out, you want to have the search and rescue teams come out to search for your child, right? You want now one to hurry up, please help me find my child. But when they came on the other hand, you didn't want to even give a quarter to somebody to buy soda. That's harsh. It is. It is harsh. Well, first of all, for me, as a, as a Christian woman, 
the only thought that comes to my mind is what you do for the least of these you've done for me. You've done to me. Yes. So when we refuse to acknowledge the realities that are, are going on, I don't care how the information got to me. I don't care how it, I came upon it. Right. Once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Right. Makes sense? Once I heard it, I couldn't unhear it. There was no way I could say, well, you know, like you said, that's somebody else's kid. No, right. I have granddaughters. Right. I have nieces. Right. I have daughters. So I can't unsee an issue that is, look, right in front of me. Right in front of me. I can't unsee that there are certain people just being real right. that will get all kinds of media attention uh -huh. if they're missing. Huh? But the, in totality, no. You know, hear about they're not going to stop and do a special that we had X number of people come up missing in Dallas. They're not going to do a stop and do a special report that they had X number of people, young, young men, women, boys, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to say, happening, disappearing. We have an area in Ailey that our church is located in that has had this problem for years. Why are we still having that same problem in that same area? And pretending like it's not there when everybody knows this is the corridor. This is, this is it. Everybody knows it. So you you want to tell me that it 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 just it's ignored? We just we just go well okay that's just life. Right. Well you know what when it stops being somebody else's kid from across the town it's gonna to be yours out of that apartment complex that's outside playing. Well I say it's not if it happens we have been taught that it's not if it happens it's when it happens how are you going to respond? It's, it's a matter, you're always being watched by someone. Every person, when you go outside your home or even in your home, when you're comfortable in your own home. And what I talk about when you get home from work, we as women are human beings, period. You have your keys in your hand. You get to your door and you fumbling through your keys. So that's vulnerability, right? Your head down, it's dark outside. You're looking for your key. When you come in your home, take off your shoes, your jacket, your pocketbook, your purse, your backpack, get comfortable. You don't know what's in your house. You don't know who's in your house. The same thing with getting in your car, check your back seat. How often do we check the back seat? How often do we ride in the car with our, with our purse and our backpacks and our wallet open in the front seat? How often do we go to an ATM machine and we have our body halfway out the window. Well, you get caught, what are you gonna do? Got your card in your hand, leaning out the window, you busted. So it's so many things. We have to adjust our life to be able to not be so open. You can't prevent everything. But you wanna give your darndest and striving to attempt. You only get one chance. And in that one opportunity for anybody, your response has to be quick. Those three seconds matter. But we oftentimes freeze. <gasps> get in the car. <laughs> get in the car. Or it may be, hey, come to my party tonight. You know, we're going we gonna to hang out. We're going to uh, get some drinks. 
you know, I'm not going to get you drunk because you don't drink, you, know, you don't smoke weed or whatever the case may be. Just hang out with us for a little bit and you make a decision to go. You in an environment that you're not familiar with, or you may even be familiar with the environment. The people there have an intent to be able to do something to you that you did not plan. We got to keep our eyes open at all times because it's a reality. We can't change the world overnight, but if we all learn and listen and study to be able to know what's going on around, it's a, a billion dollar industry, a multi-billion dollar industry. Like I mentioned to you yesterday, it's more involved with, with trafficking than drugs. Again, with drugs, you hit that hit one time, you hit that line one time, you smoke that blunt one time, but with a person, you can sell that same person over and over and over again and get paid. Amen, y'all. And then, and then have babies from that person. They're called breeders. They have babies. It happens. Okay. Just, just, just hearing it. <laughs> just, just hearing it. Uh, to skip. Just hearing this, and I'm here. Y'all are there. Y'all are in this. Y'all are y'all are talking to these women. You are talking to these girls. Let me ask you something, because I'm overwhelmed. I'm I'm I'm. I don't mean overwhelmed by the information. I mean emotionally overwhelmed. Because as you're talking, you know who I'm seeing. I'm seeing my granddaughters. I'm seeing my friends' daughters and grandchildren. Seriously, this is no joke, I'm for real. So how in the world, and Jessica asked me this yesterday, I'm gonna ask it to both of you so you can explain this to those. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.